version of Versus, the show where nerds do what nerds do best. That's Argue. I'm Adam Peacock, and this week I will be representing Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I'm Caitlin Hempstead, and this week I will be representing Robin Hood the Fox. I think these are both great Fox characters to take us into the end of the year. It is the cozy season, Adam. It's time yeah. to burrow into your tree hole and snuggle up with your um, gorgeous girlfriend who never takes her weird hat off. Oh, you can't do it. And I like we got sweatshirts and, and flannels on. Mm-hmm. Let's get into this. Kaylin, let's just jump right into it and let these let these listeners, these autumnal listeners for two minutes. Tell us why Robin Hood is the better fox. Oh, nothing would bring me more joy. Adam, oodalali, oodalali. It's the face that launched a thousand furries. There is a reason why this movie has become iconic and is extremely influential in the sensuality of an entire generation, maybe even two generations of Americans. Um, The 1973 Robin Hood was the first Disney movie to be made without any involvement from Walt Disney. And boy, does it show. Uh... This film has everything. It has drag, drinking, uh, off-the-charts sexual tension. It has more boob grabs than a Macy's fitting room when someone is getting their bra sized uh, for the first time since losing a bunch of weight. Robin Hood is voiced by the glorious Brian Bedford. And I'll tell you, when I watched this movie for the first time as an adult, I never saw it as a kid. I was like, God, I wish I could see this man on stage doing Shakespeare. The character is like the blueprint for the charming rogue with a heart of gold. He is kind. He is dashing. He's good at gymnastics. He doesn't fear death uh, like most men these days. He's kind to widows and little children. And he has one flaw, which is that he sucks at cooking, but girl, we can fix him. (laughs) He's kind of the dream guy. Uh, He has a bunch of friends. He has hobbies of his own. He makes decent money. He's incredibly romantic. Like, what else could a girl want? Or guy. Um, I will say, this movie is insane. It makes maybe the worst narrative choices I have ever seen in any film. It skips over the entire resolution and just goes to the end and never explains how the bad guys got their comeuppance. But whatever, because the music is so good. If you could distill October of 1973, let's say November of 1973, into a nice, cozy, cute little package, it would be this film. Robin Hood is perfect. That's my time. That's very good. I didn't know that was the first one they did without Walt. This was the one that like completely after, I guess there had like been some more after he died, but he had like given it his stamp of Disney approval. And this was the first one that was fully just like, let's go rogue boys. Post death, huh? Yeah. And it is full of so much adult content in a similar way. Oops, sorry to when uh, to Star Trek after Gene Roddenberry died. It's suddenly way darker and there's way more adult content and you can sort of poke fun at the protagonist a way you never could when the great man was alive. Yeah, I don't know. The Chris Pine uh, Kirk is sort of uh, I don't know. I like it. Kind of pastiche. Yeah. Like, I don't need to see like the the post-coital sex with the with the green lady yeah not that i don't need to see it it just feels different yeah there's a reason we didn't really need that in the show boys but i'm thinking more of deep space nine where suddenly it's like what even is the federation like is it this uh angelic organization that can never do wrong or is it just slightly better than the romulan empire anyway look that's a different show you could cut this out editors i'm sorry this is my soapbox adam 
I'm begging you, please take two minutes and tell me why Fantastic Mr. Fox is the superior fox. Well, this is a movie that comes from the from the brain and the mind of one Mr. Wes Anderson from a screenplay that he co-wrote with Noel Baumbach based off of Fantastic Mr. Fox by Roald Dahl. It tells the story of the titular Mr. Fox. We meet him at a time in his life when he's a slick talking, fast moving thief and he gets caught. And then he realizes in that caught in that caught in his in his caught when he's caught <laughs> his wife, Felicity Fox, reveals that they are pregnant and begs him to change his thieving ways. And then we go on a journey with Mr. Fox as he tries to, I don't know, recapture a bit of that youth. He's sort of missing something. You know, they move into a new house and he's got a great job as a, as a newspaper writer. And, you know, things are fine, but he sort of misses that old thieving ways the excitement that you have in your life before you have a family and caitlin i can't tell you how many times i get emails directly to me that they say adam my family has ruined my whole life my dream is over i know exactly how mr fox feels mm. and then this this snowballs into a series of breaking into the three meanest baddest farmers in town they do that uh this movie's great there's a lot of like gun violence in this movie that i <laughs> That I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for like a lot of gun. Like I think one of the farmers has carried an old German Luger. Oh god! Uh, but it's a beautifully, it's stop stop motion animation. It's beautifully shot. The voice acting is incredible. Uh, George Clooney, uh, Bill Murray, Meryl Streep, Jason Schwartzman. It's a really really good cast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's just it, it, much like Autumn. Any Wes Anderson movie feels like a itchy furry cardigan sweater you're gonna put on so why not throw this on have a cup of hot cider and watch fantastic mr fox phenomenal and you're right wes anderson movies totally feel like an itchy sweater it's like i'm glad i'm warm but this is kind of annoying <laughs> yes. you know what i was thinking this morning i when i lived in chicago there was a bookstore by my place called unabridged books it's a fantastic bookstore i used to go in there just to kill time but i walked in one time on what was clearly a reading from either a local art a local author or you know who, whomever it was but they had like a wine and cheese display set up in the part of the bookstore it was really cute and i walked in and everybody turned and looked at me and <clears throat> They would have let me stay, but I knew I didn't belong. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of how I feel about a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> like, this is adorable, and it's just not for me. Yeah, it's just not for me, man. Yeah, similar. I, if we may get into the debate portion, I think it is so interesting that you brought up the voice cast because, if I may pull out my soapbox once more, please. One of the things that drives me really crazy about contemporary animation is the stunt casting. Every single role has to be filled by a famous person. And the more famous with like nine-year-olds, the better. And I totally get the business realities of why they have to do that. But it kind of breaks my heart because I think Robin Hood is a perfect example of like when you just audition great actors and see who's best for the role, the voice performances are fucking phenomenal. They feel so real and like grounded and strange and they really build the character. It's fantastic. I'm not going to argue with you because as I'm sure listeners know, we're in the middle of a, of a strike and the only work we can audition for as SAG members is a lot of commercial stuff and celebrities are doing all of them. Uh-huh. There's no more work. There's no more work for regular people. I can't people. compete with John Hamm and Jason Bateman. <laughs> oh, you could compete with Jason Bateman. Well, I maybe, but 
Come on, he's so handsome. Yeah, but you could take him. In I'd a fight one thousand percent. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I meant in the ring. I could definitely kick his ass, but I don't know if he. Frankly, I I think I could kick John Ham's ass because I don't think he would hit a woman. I don't think he would either. And I would use that to my advantage. You should. That's yeah. So for me, voice cast, I'm with you, George Clooney, incredible, like it's stacked, but I think the voice acting on Robin Hood is better. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I can't argue with you on that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I, I the think, stunt casting, you're absolutely right. I think SAG says you literally can't argue with me on that. I think that's, I think that's true. Rules. Well, and honestly, this is kind of a moot point because Chris Pratt's going to be the voice of everything from now on anyways. Good <laughs> Christ. Can you imagine... <laughs> Good the for Robin that guy, man. Oh God, there's gonna be a li- oh God, there's gonna be a live action Robin Hood reboot with Chris Pratt in a bunch of prosthetics. Oh, it's gonna be great. I'll go That's watch probably- it. <laughs> Please, I'm asking you not to. Who? Okay, so both of these both of these foxes are they seem to make at least at one point in their life they're living living quote unquote through nefarious means. Mm. Yes, which in your opinion is more honorable? Yeah, have to give it to Robin Hood because, I mean, I noticed when you were doing your introduction, I didn't even bother because I just sort of was like, everybody knows the tale of Robin Hood. Uh, I don't think I need to explain that like Prince John's bad and then King Richard comes back. Um, Taxes are bad. This movie is a very libertarian. (laughs) Um, But I think that Robin Hood is the classic good guy. I think that... Him and Little John are barely eking it out in the forest. They're washing their own laundry. They're not using that money to make themselves comfortable. And I think it's really honorable that the fantastic Mr. Fox is using that money to feed his family. But Robin Hood's using it to feed his people. I do, yeah, he, it's more of a communal thing Yeah. for Robin Hood. I, you know, but mr fox does it for the pure love of the game i think i think he just loves to steal because he just loves to steal he enjoys he enjoys the thrill of the hunt you know he's he's very selfish he's the embodiment of selfishness certainly you could say that all the bad things yeah all the bad things in this movie are are a direct result of his inactions actions or whatever else yeah to to quote taylor swift it's him hi he's the problem it's him yeah. So I think Robin Hood wins the selflessness battle. That's, I would, yeah. But it, all the people who email me, Caitlin, they say I'm so tired of being selfless. What's going on My with these fam- people? How do they, did you leak this episode? No, this is all totally unprovoked. This is, I didn't ask for these emails. People just send them to me. Wow. Something about you just causes recently divorced men to want to email you. A lot of times still married men. Wow. That's yeah. dark. Yeah, they're like, hey, I'm thinking about robbing my old job. And I'm like, don't, don't do that. Adam, don't reply to these men. This is why they keep coming to you. I will answer any text or email that no. comes to me. Oh, God, <laughs> don't tell them that. Uh, who do you think would be more convincing for you? to like? Because I think mm-hmm. both of these guys, there's a part of their character that they have to be suave and sort of, uh, you know, cavalier and, and convincing. Who do you think does a better job of that? Yes. Okay. On the one hand, Robin Hood is doing lots of costumes and disguises. And on the other hand, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I mean, he's he's Danny Ocean, right? He's just blustering through on the strength of his own personal charm. And I think that if I were stopped on the side of a road 
by somebody dressed as a fortune teller um, with a crystal ball full of fireflies, I would be like, eh? But if a really charming middle-aged guy was like, hey, sweetheart, I just need $20 for my kids, I'd be like, okay. So I think I have to give it to Mr. Fox. I think I do too because Mr. Fox is kind of dressed like Ted Bundy in his courtroom photos. (laughs) So I think, you know, Ted Bundy was super charming and Danny Ocean is super charming I think Mr. Fox is he I mean what's the Tommy boy line he could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves <laughs> that's an incredible line <laughs> I yeah I gotta go I gotta go Mr. Fox okay fair enough which one would you rather be married to oh I gotta go Mr. Fox because even when he thinks he's slumming it they're still living in a pretty nice tree like he's a pretty good He's a pretty good provider. I mean, he's going to both of these guys are going to make your lives like you're going to have a lot of headaches with both of these guys for sure. Yeah. It's all fun and games when you're dating a, a rogue. And then I think once they put a ring on it, it's like, oh, my God. And now you just have to take our kids to soccer practice. Right. And suddenly the cute, charming studio apartment that's always kind of messy is no longer cute and charming yeah like i think i've said this before i had a phase of dating men with uh just like an air mattress on the floor no box spring no frame that's these guys and they take you out and they're like oh my god i know this crazy like tiny hibachi place and i actually do speak japanese and it's going to be the most fun night of your life but then then you then you're married and you're trying to split and then you're finances. sleeping on an flip yeah that's not that's that's always tough and then mr fox i well I mean, he's probably he he does lie to his wife a lot. Yeah, and Robin Hood does not. He is faithful to Maid Marian for years. She goes to London. They don't see each other for years. There's no one else for him. And the second she's back, he's like, "Wink, I'm in disguise, babe." And she's like, "Yeah, cool." Who do you? Okay, not to. We don't have to go too blue, but I think it warrants the question. Who do you think's a better lover? Okay, no, we do. The question has been begged by these films for decades now. Robin Hood. No question in my mind. How how did you get there? Have you seen his stunts? Yeah. That man takes off his tunic and he is nothing but abs. A full torso of abs. And I think that he is curious. And I think curiosity is a big part of um, successful lovemaking. You know, he's attentive to what other people want. I mean, I think he's knocking it out of the park. And Don't get me wrong. I think Mr. Fox, you know, is a seasoned man. He knows his way around the bedroom. But I just think he's a little more selfish. Dude, I I, there's always a point in the show. I agree with you. Got him. I think the big thing that Robin Hood has going for him is that he lives in the woods. People who live in the woods just are they're a different species. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Look, we all have looked at Christopher McCandless and been like, damn, he's fine. I'm very sorry about what happened, but he was cute. Yeah. And I guess George Clooney is, <clears throat> you hear the voice, you think of the face. He's classically handsome, I guess. But I think you're right. I think he's, It's you're not going to be disappointed with Mr. Fox. That's for certain. No. Like, you'll have fun. Sure. But I think it's going to be a little more, you're going to tell you more of your friends about Robin Hood, I think. Yeah. Would you more trust to be in charge? Because for both of these guys, their allure is that they're underdogs. But yeah. then sometimes the underdog becomes the overdog. And like, who would you rather have as like the mayor of the town? I got to go Mr. Fox because I think he's he's better at bullshitting people. Mm. 
Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, he's better at bullshitting. He's just got that suave, you know, like when he's trying to buy that house and his one of like the his badger buddy Bill Murray's telling him not to do it because it's a bad neighborhood and for a species like him. And he just ends the conversation with like, just buy the house. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I think he, you know, he's got that slimy politician thing written all over him. God damn. Yeah, you're right. I think I have to give this one to you. Yes. Because Robin Hood is a better man, I think, than Mr. Fox. Like, I think he makes better choices, but he is not, I think even if he was in charge, he would be like, everybody, um, today's swimming day and every, uh, all the schools are closed and work is closed and we're all going swimming in the woods, in the river. And then everybody would be like, well, but I, I, like, I needed to make my quarterly projections. <laughs> Now my business is going under, but thanks for swimming like a day. Kid mayor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sounds like a kid mayor. Yeah, I think he'd be a kid mayor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is a good man. I don't think you could be a good man and a mayor. Oh god. You get to be one or the other. I think you're right. Maybe in a really small town. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe in a really small town you could. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Robin Hood's one lover, maybe husband, lost politician. Yeah. Who's got better outfits? Mr. Fox, mm. Wes Anderson is just such a, a sharp, snappy aesthetic. And my goodness, did he bring it to fantastic Mr. Fox? Mm. He has those uh, corduroy blazers and those wool sweaters that he wears, which are, I agree with you, very itchy, but he, he looks nice. And it's mostly fur anyway. So like, can you can you get itchy if you have fur? Yeah. Uh, the, I don't know. Pets are scratching all the time. That's true. They love that shit. I would give it to you were it not for the hat. I think one iconic accessory can sometimes eclipse an entire wardrobe. Yeah, Mr. Fox has the bandit hats, but mm. I yeah, that Robin Hood hat's pretty iconic. It's pretty good. And I don't remember seeing it in that exact form before this movie, you know? I mean, Silicon Valley used it as the logo for their fake computer company. Okay, I'm saying. Yeah, it's a pretty iconic. It's a pretty iconic look. Yeah. But, and I hate to bring this up, and I don't know why I'm giving you a free point, but if we're talking about the aesthetics of these movies in general, no question, Fantastic Mr. Fox. The stop motion is so beautiful. The sets are it so is. gorgeous and, like, innovative. I like when he's fighting the rat and they're doing the electric, like, like the spark of electricity, and you just see them fighting. It's so clearly they just pose the two puppets in a certain way, but it looks so cool. It does look really neat. It looks incredible. And I read reviews for Robin Hood, like, when it came out. It kind of went down a rabbit hole. And one of the reviewers was like, this is, like, He-Man Saturday morning cartoon-level animation. I was like, And Robin Hood is notorious for stealing a bunch of animation and just, like, rotoscoping over... Like live action stuff and just doing like the laziest. Isn't it? It's the Jungle Book, right? Isn't yes. it the Jungle Book where the, it's the same? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Mowgli and I think there's like a yeah. Snow White sequence that they just like fully traced over. Hey man, Walt's gone. Look, it's Reagan's America. Money's tight. Things are tough. I get it. Trickle down economics are going to work. We just got to shut down these mental hospitals <laughs> and get rid of unions. I think it might have been Carter's America. I don't actually know. Oh, Jimmy Carter. We got a peanut farter, farmer in the White House. I almost said peanut farter. <laughs> you probably farted after a couple of peanuts. No question. Legumes? Come on. Uh, Maid Marian or Felicity Fox, who is the better companion? Oh, my God. Good question. Maid Marian. Um, she is adorable with the children. 
She is quite spunky. She's capable of doing some escaping all on her own. She's got a fun companion of her own, her chicken friend. Love that chicken. Um, and uh, she truly believes in the mission. I mean, she she's really aligned with, like, saving the poor. And I think that, you know, Felicity, well-acted, well-performed, not written with a ton of personality. She's sort of just the classic bummer wife who's like don't do the thing don't be a hero yeah she does get to fight the rat though at the end and i think she's pretty she's pretty badass in, in that part but i that's i think she's getting taken for a ride here we haven't we have yet to see the full potential of felicity fox here because as of this she's just sort of a like you said kind of a nag and uh a mother and that's like that's not fair and we i need think to get a full yeah. Those are the depictions that have terrified women of my generation more than any scary movie is being like, oh, God, I'll turn 30 and have a kid and just my entire personality will disappear and I will become nothing but a downer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood, why? No, but you'll be living in a tree. Oh, yeah, that does sound nice. And eventually at the end of the movie, the sewers. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, Caitlin, you and I have made some pretty good. Well, you've made some pretty good arguments. I've made some arguments about who is better, Robin Hood or the fantastic Mr. Fox. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to play some games to help further our debates about which of these autumnal foxes is the best. We will be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to round two for this week's episode of Versus. In this round of the show, Caitlin and I each get to pick a game, and we are going to toss them out to each other blindly from a list of various segment ideas that our producers have compiled. And this week, Caitlin, I am choosing Director Swap. A new one. A new one. I'm going to pitch you a director, and I would like you to tell me what that Robin Hood movie would look like. I love, Let's because say. it's not going to be old Ken Anderson journeyman no, animation no, no. director anymore no okay so i'll throw two minutes in the clock i would like you to tell me what a miyazaki movie of robin hood would look like i love it oh my god this rules the film of course begins with a little girl who has um been <laughs> made by her parents to leave the big city where she grew up and move to Sherwood Forest where she doesn't know anyone um and feels very alone and one day when she's out for a walk in the woods our little protagonist stumbles across a fox burrow and boop out of it pops Robin Hood and she's whisked away to a magical land where all animals can talk and they are uh, terribly oppressed by um, lions who are really just sort of a metaphor for like being afraid of adulthood uh, and like the pressures of growing up. And, um, you know, this this pack of lions, you know, they're kind of ha hunting uh, our little girl and also Robin Hood, but he rescues her and um, takes her down into the subterranean world of the fox people and and, you know, she's starting to have all these complicated feelings for him that are sort of confusing and scary for her. And then he's like, by the way, here's my girlfriend, Marion. And she's like, totally. No. Yup. Yeah. You're both like uh, ambiguously in your upper teens. And I'm very clearly in my younger teens. No big. <laughs> um, 
she wants to get back to the world of people, but she considers staying in the world of the animals because they really do need her to defeat these horrible lions. But um, ultimately, you know, uh, Mr. F uh, uh, shit, Robin Hood and <laughs> Marion. Um, you know, call the Council of the Animals together. Friar Tuck's there doing some sort of comedy bit. Um, the joke is still that he's very fat because in all these movies there has to be one very big character who's the punchline. And they decide that they're going to go on an epic quest to return her to her family. And then at the end of the movie, she sees a wild fox run through the forest and she goes, was it all a dream? I'll never know. Wow, that was very good. And my, my timer went off too. That was like right at the perfect time. <laughs> Man. What do you think it is about having like bigger guys? Because Friar Tuck's always been pretty big, but he's good with a bow staff. Yes. Yeah. He he whips ass for sure. But this yeah. movie's definitely guilty of the like late 20th century America. Like, what if a guy was fat? <laughs> like thing. I'm having trouble coming up with a good bit here. Just make him fat. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. We're gonna make a million at the box office. It's okay. gonna be so much money. That was a blast. Um Adam, I'm going to turn it back around. I would love to hear you with two minutes on the clock create a fantastic Mr. Fox movie as directed by Sergio Leone, a oh spaghetti my western. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's pretty much the exact same movie, but just in a West town. Uh, yeah. So Mr. Fox and his wife, they, they're, he's a retired gunslinger. He moves into this small town to try to get away from the life that he had left behind. He's decided to embrace marriage and his family and his love. And she gives birth to this beautiful baby. But then these three terrible farmers show up from three different points of the country and they descend upon this small town to set up their evil tyrannical farming industries they're they're sucking the land dry of resources they're they're sucking the land dry of human resources and making them just their just like automatons to do this work but it's the only job in town so they have no choice it's the biggest game and they have to do it and then the sheriff gets murdered by one of the by one of the 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 farmers in an act of defiance in front of everybody who will dare stand before us the bean the bogus bunsen bean farmers who will stand to fight us and mr fox he opens up a drawer that he hasn't had in a long time and there and there's his six shooter and he goes through and each individual farm he goes through a, a fantastic gun battle doing things he thought he would never do again murder fighting violence all over the place and then as he gets to the last farmer as he gets to bean farmer being they have a showdown in the middle of town and you can still see the blood where the sheriff was shot it's still kind of fresh in the sand and they have a gun battle and they pull out their guns and you hear two shots bean goes down and mr fox stands there and then a little blood trickles out of his vest and he's been shot too and felicity fox runs out holding their son saying you can't die because i'm pregnant again but he saved the town the end <laughs> Adam, that was incredible. Thanks, buddy. And I say this not as a friend, but as a fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. Yeah, I watched the fuck out of that movie. It's always like something bad comes to town and then you got to fight it. Yeah. And the bad thing is sort of like industrialized labor. <laughs> right, right. Sort of like yeah, the Killers of the Flower Moon. We went and saw that this weekend. 
Adam, we've had a nice clean time so far. We've danced around the central issue here, but I just don't think that we can get away with not doing the segment known as Safe Search Off. Okay. Which is where we turn off our safe search and we both find the most appalling, (laughs) repellent (laughs) image of our character that we can find online. And I don't think it's going to be hard. Um, So we're going (laughs) to take a break for uh, two minutes, one minute, let's say. Let's not subject ourselves to that and uh, see what we can find on the old dark side of the internet. Oh, God. All right, let's do it. And we're back from our spelunking expedition to the absolute depths of the internet. Uh, Adam, I've got an image. Do you have an image? I do. You seem you were pretty horrified by yours. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, you were as well. And I can't wait for you to uh, wrap this up in a lovely bow. So <clears throat> in safe for work terms, here is what I am looking at. Oh, God. Robin Hood the fox has a dazed... Um, uh, look on his face he's standing in the woods and wrapped around his waist is mr hiss the sort of secondary antagonist in this film he's like a snake who's an asshole who's the um servant slash right hand man of prince john the wicked king the phony king as the song so memorably says and mr hiss's head is between robin hood's legs um just Jumping away, busy doing something down there. We don't exactly see what, but spurting out to the corners of the frame. <laughs> um, rocketing out of Mr. Hiss's mouth is a white substance. <laughs> and it's all over Robin Hood's hands. And he truly looks like he's about to fall over. <laughs> because Mr. Hiss is the throat goat <clears throat> and that's what i'm looking at <laughs> he's the nancy reagan of snakes <laughs> i'm sure we're in for it the throat goat um okay adam what'd you find oh my god uh well nothing that awesome because uh, Caitlin, I was disappointed to find that I at least I wasn't able to find any saucy, not safe for work, fantastic Mr. Fox photos. I did find one which I thought was a was a, a fan's interpretation of it, but of a very busty what I thought was Felicity Fox. But I think it's just a character from Zootopia. So, I mean, that's a real thing. So that doesn't count. But I did find something that I think is real and I think it's awesome. <laughs> Oh God. It's a it's a bale of hay. As you know, farmers they they bale up the hay in those big those big round stacks. And this picture is of what appears to be a flattened out fox that got run over by the bale. It's flat as a board. And there's blood coming out of where the mouth is. Okay. And it's and it's like it's like Secured into the bale of hay. Oh no, Adam, your reaction. I don't know why. Is a trauma response to seeing snuff online. I think you know what I was. When I was a kid, a neighborhood kid accidentally killed a duck Mm. when we were playing, and I watched it and I cried for a long time. So maybe that's why I'm having this reaction. (laughs) Because really I deep think your child is coming up. I know it's not funny, but it looks very. It looks like an old 
Roadrunner cartoon. Oh, God. And it's captioned yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. When I looked up Fantastic Mr. Fox, it says Fantastic Mr. Fox 2009, not safe for work. Oh, God. You know, sometimes we forget that violence is also not safe for work. No, it's not. Yeah. Well, um, I'm so what what series of events led to that? I don't, I don't know. Maybe over. this is a thing that happens on farms. I don't know, man. Yeah. And how much does it happen that we don't know about? What's going on in our hay? Why isn't Big yeah. Farm telling us? Big hay is a lot. They're evil people. What's really in there? What additives? What squished animals? Oh. See, yours is fun. Mine's the horrors of capitalism. But you know what? Maybe you're the one who did the assignment correctly because we're going to have to well, leave it to the listeners to decide whose safe search off was more upsetting. Yeah. And a fox getting a little dome from a snake, maybe not that upsetting. I mean, it's a pretty good night. Speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> There used to be all kinds of gardener snakes when I was a kid, no, where I grew up. No, no, no. <laughs> and as a young boy discovering his sexuality. Oh, God, what have I done? I opened Pandora's box. Shit, we got to go, but I want to tell you how this ends. Oh, no, no, no. You can tell me Midwest stories another time when we're drinking. Not now in the bright light of day. <laughs> well, Caitlin... Uh, we did have fun today. I hope you listeners had a good time, too. Uh, but now it's time for our last attempt to sway the audience. Caitlin, why do you think Robin Hood is better than the fantastic Mr. Fox? I'm going to throw 60 seconds up on the clock. And please make your final arguments. Robin Hood is the epitome of selflessness. He robs from the rich. He gives to the poor. That's how he gets his name. And also that hat. He is a character that has endured for centuries, maybe even a thousand years before this movie even happened. And then when he's a fox, he's incredible. Uh, he can do anything. He can charm anyone. He's a master of disguise and of the hearts of the nation. Uh, and he's just a real good freaking guy. So re return Robin Hood to the children. Stop making him a figure of your fan art. We have enough. And let him just exist as a cool animal who truly loves his people. That's my time. There is so much regular porn. Right. Why do we need new porn? Like, and I don't say that to be a fuddy-duddy. I'm just, there's so much of it. I think there's enough. Like, people say it's, we're at peak TV. We're past peak porn. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Come on now. If porn ever became sentient, we're dead. Oh, no. Don't let the AI see the pornos. Jenna Jameson, you got to help us out. Wow. That's a, feels like a childhood pull. <laughs> Adam, I'm going to put 60 seconds on my clock and you've got one minute to tell us finally and furiously why Fantastic Mr. Fox is the superior canid. First off, I take umbrage with somebody criticizing Robin Hood for looking like Saturday morning He-Man cartoons. There's a reason those cartoons were successful. I love those cartoons. So it is a good animation style. Uh, I think the animation style, though, of Fantastic Mr. Fox might just have it a bit over that, especially if it's a rainy Saturday afternoon or if you're going through a breakup or something. Have a melatonin, have a 
cup of kava tea and throw on the fantastic Mr. Fox. It's like put on a warm blanket. He's certainly not selfless. I don't think, I think he's a, it's an exercise in selfish behavior, but Hey, we could all stand to be a little more selfish and, and, you know, take care of our own needs and wants, maybe not at the expense of our wives and or husbands, but whatever. Uh, you know, it's fun. The animation, like I said, is great. The characters are really funny. The voice acting's really good and you'll just have a nice time. It's like a cup of chicken soup. But not a bowl. That's my time. But not a bowl. Not a bowl. Too much. I've been drinking chicken soup out of this mug recently. Ooh, that sounds nice. McDonald's yeah. iced coffee and chicken soup. You really yeah, can do my it mo- all. My mom and my mother-in-law would be like, you can't have all those things in one. This is your teacup. But you live in your LA coffee now. Cup. You're crazy. I'm, dude. <laughs> the same change. My wife's at a yoga class. It's bachelor time. <laughs> chicken soup from a mug. I don't care. This has been... One of the coziest hours of my life. And I've enjoyed the oh, yeah. heck out of it, Adam. Me too, buddy. Uh, you made some great points. And I think for the audience, if you want to weigh in on who you think won this week's battle or give us suggestions on which pop culture icon you'd like us to represent next, you can email us at officialversuspodcast at gmail.com or tweet at Wood Elf Media on socials and use the hashtag versus podcast. Until next week, I'm Adam Peacock. And I'm Caitlin Hempstead. Bye. Bye. Stay warm. Thanks for listening. Versus is a Wood Elf original series, executive produced by Rob Herding, David Henning, Ryan Middledorf, Caitlin Hempstead, and Adam Peacock. Produced by Tom Breck. Original music by Darren Johnson. Edited by Neely Oftering. Are you a Marvel fan? Matt, you know I am. Jeff, I was asking the listener. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it seemed like a weird question because, you know, we've been doing a Marvel podcast together for t- nine years now. No, no, I was trying to grab the attention of all the Marvel fans out there for this ad. Oh. I thought it was weird, too. You should definitely warn us. Good note, Ashley. Well, if you like Marvel movies and TV as much as we do, join us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. He did it again. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.